Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, good evening. I'm Dr. Gina, and welcome to Primetime. Joe Biden's set to give a primetime address tonight right after this show, actually. So soon he will be led from his recliner in the east wing of the White House to the podium where he will read his scripted remarks. It is the one-year anniversary of two weeks to stop the spread, remember? So Biden will likely commemorate that milestone, and he will likely do a sort of a victory lap on getting the pork-filled COVID spending bill passed. And then he will probably say that more spending is needed because Democrats can never get enough of your money. I doubt he'll say anything about the crisis at the southern border, but if he does, be sure he won't call it a crisis. But it all depends on what Biden's handlers write for him in the teleprompter, because I bet you Biden has no idea what he's going to say and will have no idea what he just said when he's done. Now, listen, I use a teleprompter here for some of the show every single night, and there's nothing wrong with using a teleprompter. But it is not very presidential for an empty shell of a human being to read remarks prepared for him and to never go off script, especially when a lot of times he can't even read what's on the prompter. Now, Biden has yet to take questions from reporters. The closest he's come to giving a press conference is when he answers a question while running away from reporters or being pulled off of the stage away from reporters by his handlers after a photo op. Here's what happened yesterday. So much you could say there, but these days, the only access that anyone gets to the White House is through Jen Psaki, who clearly has no idea what Joe Biden thinks or does, although maybe Joe doesn't think or do much, so there's not much to know. So I'm sure that Jen Psaki has a very difficult job trying to cover for this president who is nothing but a shell of a human being at this point. Now, the reporters who are allowed in the White House briefing every day are chosen by the White House Correspondents Association. The White House can also bring in their favorite reporters, too, as Trump did during his presidency. But the White House reporters seem just fine talking to the press secretary every day and never even getting a glimpse of the president. At what point will these reporters refuse to ask questions of the White House staff and demand to speak to the president himself? I say the time is now. White House reporters with backing of White House Correspondents Association should refuse to speak with Jen Psaki anymore until the president shows himself and answer some of their questions. And if he is unable to do so, then he should step down. And at least we would know who's running things in the West Wing, because right now we know one thing. It's not Joe Biden. 
All right, let's head out to our hosts and reporters around the uh, around America, and they are our boots on the ground every single day here on Dr. Gina Primetime. We start in Washington, D.C. with Sophie Mann. Good to see you today, Sophie. Hey, Dr. G, how are you? Good, good, good to have you. Sophie, now, over at Just the News, you posted a story about Anthony Fauci and what a mm -hmm. Stanford doctor had to say about him. What is this story? So you were just talking about two weeks to stop the spread. Obviously, we've been in lockdown in various capacities for about a year now. I spoke with Stanford doctor Jay Bhattacharya earlier this week, who talked a lot about the more harmful effects of these lockdowns that he's never seen Anthony Fauci talk about at all. Now, from a policy perspective, Anthony Fauci clearly has decided to take the past year to eradicate COVID completely. But the problem with that is that he hasn't paid any mind and certainly hasn't spoken publicly about some of the other negative impacts of the lockdowns, and there have been many. So Dr. Bhattacharya is talking to me in this article about how, how negatively lockdowns have impacted everybody from families to obviously small businesses around the country, thousands of which will never reopen, and of course to children who haven't been in school for close to a year. Well, and that's not even to mention veterans, that's not even to mention our elderly who've been locked in uh, nursing homes for all these years and uh, all these months, and many of them have, have died mm -hmm. from that. And that's not even to mention, I have two young friends who committed suicide, uh, you know, right in my age bracket, who killed themselves, ended their lives, um, uh, you know, based upon experiences they were having and their hopelessness they felt during this time. And that's just in my own friend's circle. So uh, there are a lot of unmentioned devastations happening out there, drugs and alcohol abuse, and the list goes on and on. So there, is a lot, there are a lot of deaths they're not counting, and a lot of deaths I think we'll see for years, if not decades to come, that nobody seems to want to talk about. I think that's very true. And another element of this report is that it's actually coupled with a report fresh out of the CDC that surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, most of the mainstream media hasn't been paying a terrible amount of attention to. And basically what the report says is that a lot of lockdown measures, including specifically masking and restaurant closures, were not nearly as impactful in terms of percent mitigation of COVID case rates and death rates as they have been sort of proclaimed to be and are widely thought to be. When you think masking, when you think restaurant closures, the average American will tell you that they've mitigated the spread of COVID and some of the disastrous effects of COVID by, you know, some metric that's like 30, 40, 50, 60 percent. What this CDC report, and it's from the CDC, found was that those effects are actually in the single digit percentiles, if that. So restaurant closures and masking really only help the situation um, one, two, maybe less percentage points. So I would really recommend getting into that report a little bit. It's what a lot of the media isn't talking about. Well, and we show a chart on this show just about every single night. I don't know if we have it up and ready because I didn't request it, but uh, it shows that in Florida uh, where the mask mandates happened, COVID rates were actually higher, that they went up after mask mandates were instituted. And we've seen this kind of data all over the country because when you crap in all that humidity and that darkness and uh, you're breathing out COVID, uh, we found out that when uh, COVID is more concentrated, when the virus is more concentrated uh, in the initial phases of getting the virus, uh, the virus is worse. And so COVID deaths tend to be worse when the virus is more concentrated. And if you're wearing a mask, obviously, the virus is going to be more concentrated as you're breathing uh, and emitting your own CO2 and then rebreathing that virus. And so uh, some, of those, uh, some of that speculation from many of the doctors that have been shut down 
Sophie, uh, is very interesting, and, and much of big tech has covered that up. If you try to do a normal Google search, you have to go to places like DuckDuckGo for that. So we, we repeat it every night here on this show so that folks have the real information that uh, other places just won't give you. Thank you so much for this report, Sophie. Thank you. And now we're going to head out to Denver, Colorado, to our RAV headquarters, where Jessica Rivera is standing by. Jessica, good to see you. Good to see you, Dr. Gina. Well, in recent days, I've heard some talk about the COVID vaccine possibly voiding out life insurance policies. So, of course, I went digging. As everyone with life insurance knows, depending on your policy, there are exclusions or events that are not covered, such as things like uh, if you die while committing a crime, suicide, or acts of war, among others. But what is the protocol for, pan for a pandemic and COVID-19 specifically? Well, if you have a current policy and were to die of COVID-19 or from the vaccine, some experts are saying that the policies will almost certainly pay out, but they're not completely sure. The reason it may not has to do with the policy specifics, of course. If there's an exclusion that negates pandemics, COVID-19, or any vaccines that are not FDA approved, or if the company has gone under. We saw that problem uh, after 9-11. Then there are those who are looking to sign up for life insurance, new insurers. Here's where you will probably find many companies holding off until they can actually reevaluate the pandemic and the vaccine situation, then they'll most likely update their policies in order to be able to balance new customer signups, but also protect themselves from going out of business for having to pay those large payouts. So Dr. Gina, in all of my digging, my advice is for everyone to look at their policies, call the company for any questions that you might have, even specifically about COVID and the vaccine, and make sure you know what is and isn't covered before you go get the vaccine. Now, I want people to know I'm not saying don't go get the vaccine, and I'm not saying go get it. What I am saying is just know your life insurance policy before you do. I mean, it's something you pay for, so you should know the ins and outs of it, and you should know if there's a gray area right now. Yeah, and I would add to that, um, I would ask them once you make that phone call to send what their information that they give you to you in writing uh, via email or something so that you do have something solid that you can go back to if you need to because obviously – you know, insurance companies' job is not to dole out money. Their job is to save their company's money. And so you want to make sure that you have everything in writing. That's very sound advice, Jessica. Thank you so much for that. All right. Thank you, Dr. Gina. Now let's head out to Los Angeles, California, where our own Amanda Head is waiting patiently for us. Amanda, it's great to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Amanda, California is thinking really hard about opening back up, and I know you have to be excited about the potential reopening of anything, but Disneyland uh, might be fun. Amanda, the San Francisco news site, SanFranciscoGate.com, says that when the park reopens, they're going to have a privilege problem. Amanda, what the heck is a privilege problem? So we all know that Disneyland is not cheap for residents, which is supposedly a, a value rate. Three-day park pass is $399. If you are a non-resident, then a four-day pass is $649. Now, I'm a roller coaster kind of gal, so Disney is not really my jam. But I think that they're going in the wrong direction. Um, a couple years before Prince died... Uh, he did a 21-day residency at the Forum in Inglewood, and the cheapest ticket was $14. And if you've ever been to Inglewood and been to that venue, you know that it's a very intimate venue. There's practically no bad seats in the house. And he did that because he wanted to repay his fans who grew up in that area. He wanted them to have the opportunity to see him live. 
Wouldn't it be nice if the Walt Disney Company took the same approach and instead of charging more for a ticket to get into the park, that after this long stretch of shutdowns and pandemic, they rewarded Californians and people flying to California to boost the revenue of the city and the state and rewarded them with a lower price. But I don't think Sounds yes, like a plan no, to me. It's not a and, business model. And I like roller coasters too, but I found a couple at Disney that I do like. Anyway, Amanda, we always appreciate you being on with us. And I, for your sake, I hope California opens soon, although I don't have a lot of confidence. I'm not going to lie. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> Coming up, Finn Burkwam just got to the border wall at Yuma, Arizona, and he has brand new, never before seen video of illegal immigrants crossing the border into the U.S. and their encounter with Border Patrol agents. You won't believe this. That's next, right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. You stick around. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to Dr. Tina Primetime. Now, the Biden administration may be ignoring the crisis on our southern border, but we aren't ignoring it here at RAV. Our own Ben Burkwam has been down on the southern border for weeks now, putting his life in danger literally to get the footage of the crisis there. He was in Tijuana earlier this week, and today he is in Yuma, Arizona. Ben, great to see you. Thanks, Dr. Gina. It's uh, great to be here. And, you know, if, if nobody else is going to do it, we're proud to do it. Yeah, well, you started a trend because it seems like after you were down there, a few some of the other networks started sending folks down there. But, Ben, I know you have some brand-new footage from the border there. Set it up for us, and we will watch. Uh, as I was actually driving up, so I'm here in a little section, uh, Yuma. This used to be no man's land. You can see the, the new wall behind me, uh, President Trump's wall there. You see the big opening in that wall that allows you to get down to the waterway, the, the uh, river behind there. Uh, this area was actually secured under President Trump it, it, with the wall, but mainly with the Remain in Mexico policy. As soon as that was lifted, this is what we see. And I, I drove up, uh, and this is what I saw. Big, beautiful wall but they've all got the memo now that all they have to do is cross. Say they're requesting asylum and they get in. No COVID test, no nothing, just pass go into America. And this was, uh, this was about uh, 16 people that we uh, saw live as I was standing here. Uh, there was another bus full of people or van full of people as I drove up. They ultimately ended up taking out uh, three groups of people just from this location. I was talking to Border Patrol off camera. He said their facility is completely full here already in Yuma. Uh, and what they're having to do now is send people to Calexico and to Blythe, California, which is hundreds of miles away from here uh, because they just don't have the resources to deal with it here. The, the, the worst part is I was here a couple years ago and in one weekend there were 900 people that crossed here. They were having to use school buses uh, local school buses to, to transport everybody because they didn't have the resources to do it with Border, border Patrol. I'm going to be meeting with the sheriff here a little bit later. Uh, it is a, a disaster for the entire community here in Yuma, and it's only going to get worse. This is just the beginning of what we're going to see 
because of these open borders leftist policies. And now the tragedy on top of that is now they're saying they want more unaccompanied minors. They're basically inviting child trafficking into America. We're still been telling folks you can't go into hospitals with your loved one when they're dying. You can't see your parents or grandparents or great grandparents in nursing homes. Um, we're still separating families. We're still masking and dehumanizing our fellow man. We're still uh, figuring out what 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 vaccines are working and aren't working as new forms of this virus are entering our borders. We're still uh, treating people like cattle on airlines and if for, as for our public transportation here in Florida, it's all still shut down. Our trains are still shut down. Uh, but we are just, I mean, help me understand, but we are letting hundreds of people, and those to me looked like coyotes. Those are middle-aged men carrying in little girls. They've been paid to do this. Those girls are so often raped on their way here. I know the stories. I lived on that border, as everyone knows, for years before I moved here to Florida, like so many have. So I know how this goes. And those are mostly men carrying in these little girls. These are not families, so no one be mistaken. And if they are, they're one in hundreds, if that's, if that's an actual family, because not very many families actually cross those borders. They're coyotes with little girls. Uh, bringing them in for trafficking purposes. Um, and, Ben, I just don't understand. Where are the humanitarians on the left? Uh, they are inviting this. They are encouraging this. And to answer your question, I can't make it make sense to you because it doesn't make sense. The hypocrisy of the left is breathtaking. The fact that they have destroyed our economy and said that we can't run our own businesses. So many businesses have been shut down. So many lives have been destroyed. Now they're stealing our own taxes. They're reaching into our pockets to pass these huge trillion dollar bills to, to pay us pennies on the dollar back of our own tax dollars while they're letting in not just hundreds here. It's going to be millions that they're letting into our country. I can't make it make sense to you. And, the, and you are exactly right. This is actually the location where... Uh, border, where I actually found in the reeds off to my right, I can turn the camera here just a little bit, uh, just down by the water, in the reeds down by the water, I found, this is where I found uh, sweaters that were laid out with children's panties that were laid out and condoms and lubricant, where before they came and turned themselves into Gosh. America, they were uh, uh, abusing children right there, right there. I mean, I saw it with my own eyes. And for these leftists to say that they care about children, it is a lie. It is a slap in the face. And it, it's tragic because I get it. I understand if you were in Central America and you have no hope uh, and, and somebody comes to you and says, just give us your child. We're going to get them to America and then we'll come back and get you at some point. They, a lot of the parents are giving their children away. And the saddest part is they're sending them with birth control and morning after because they know what's going to happen to them. It is evil. It is absolute evil and the left knows it's happening and they're encouraging it. There is no answer. There is no explanation other than uh, asking the question, how many of them are actually a part of this? I mean, this is, this is the sex trafficking. This is slavery of our day. It is uh, every, every single person in this country should be up in arms about what's happening here. And just to give you a perspective, back to your point, it's not families that are coming across. Border Patrol estimates that 
a minimum of one third of the children that are brought over are brought over by men that are not their parents. And just here in this exact location where I'm at, I was interviewing the, the previous uh, Border Patrol chief, the sector chief here, and he said that they counted 17 times a child was recycled. They used the word recycled. The, the cartels use the children, they send them up with men, they do whatever they do to them along the way, and then they recycle those children back into Mexico to do it again. They, caught, they had one child that, that was done to 17 times right here at this location. Gosh. It is evil. Oh, Ben, I just, I have no words, but I knew this was happening. I've had, I've had the Border Patrol officers tell me this right to my face, that they would see them on the other side of the wall, raping these little girls all the time as soon as night fell. And this is just what they do. It's just, a, it's a massive prostitution, tra human trafficking ring when it's not a drug trafficking right. ring, uh, because it's that too. That's right. And that affects all of us. Ben, um, before you go, tell us how we can watch your border special this weekend on our AV. Uh, Real America's Voice exclusive. We're going to be taking you to El Paso, to uh, New Mexico, to uh, the ranchers in New Mexico, Arizona, and Tijuana. Uh, you aren't going to see this anywhere else. I, I don't have the time offhand right now, but check your local listings, Real America's Voice News, Dish Network, Channel 219, uh, and all of our digital platforms. It'll be playing this Saturday. You do not want to miss it. It's going to be incredible. Ben Berquam, the truth they do not want you to know. Thank you so much, Ben. Stay safe out there. Our prayers go with him. Now, Biden administration officials are acting as if there is no problem at all out on the border. And Joe Biden himself has become infamous for hiding from the press. But a few days ago, after a photo op, reporters snuck in a question about the border crisis. Here's what Joe Biden had to say. This crisis is not going away, but Biden is sure trying to hide from it. How long can he keep this up here with me now to discuss the president of Border Patrol Council, Brandon Judd. Brandon, good to see you. Sorry it has to be under these most dire circumstances, really. But thank you for joining us. Anytime. Appreciate you having me on. Brandon, you saw the clip of Joe Biden and so many others. Um, there was one in particular I was thinking of last week where he did run from reporters or was ushered away anyway when asked about the border crisis. How long can this administration ignore this crisis and try to change the words so that the American people continue to be in the dark about what is really happening? Not very long. In fact, uh, it's, it's coming to the point where Democrats realize that 2022, this issue is going to be referendum. They are on the cusp of losing the House and the Senate simply because of this issue alone, uh, because they didn't prepare for it. They didn't, they didn't recognize, the Democrat strategists didn't recognize how bad it was going to go out of control. And frankly, if I, if I was the, the DNC, I'd be firing every single one of the Democratic strategists because this issue alone is going to cost them dearly. Uh, Brandon, the men and women on the ground, the CPB agents, what is life like for them on a personal level? I know some of them. I stay in touch with some of them from San Diego from my time there. But uh, it, life, you know, I mean, when I left, they were under President Trump and life was looking really good for them then. 
What's it like for them now? Well, so not only am I the president of the National Border Patrol Council, but I'm also a 24-year, 23-year veteran going on 24 in, in the Border Patrol. And so when I put on a uniform and I go out and, and patrol the border, it's it's heartbreaking to see what happens to these children, uh, the way that they get abused. And what's more disappointing is to know that it's United States policies that are allowing these organized crime, these cartels, to generate huge revenues, billions of dollars a year, off of the, the human suffering of these women and children that they take advantage of. And because these policies, because they know that they can go out and advertise their services in countries like Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, China, um, they can advertise in the Middle, Middle East, because they know that they can advertise their services, um, it's our policies that are generating this revenue for them when they go and say, if you pay me, I will get you to the United States. All you have to do is claim asylum, and then you'll be let in, and you'll never have to leave um, the United States again. So it's it's those policies that allow these cartels to generate the profits that they're generating. But a lot of it's a lie. We know that. We know that they are often, if not always, raped along the way. Um, oh, we know that some died. Along the way, we know that often these children, I don't know if you could hear my last segment with Ben Burkham, but we know often they're recycled and they they don't get to stay in America forever. So the premise that the coyotes tell them is based on a lie to begin with. Well, the, the lie is absolutely that they're not going to that they're going to be treated humanely on their way up to the United States. Where they are correct is the fact that once they get to the United States, they will be released and they will never, and then ICE will not be allowed to go out and pick them up once they overstay and once a warrant is issued for their administrative arrest. They know that they will never be deported as long as they do not commit a violent crime here in the United States. And so it's based upon that promise. It's based upon, upon the promise of catch and release coming back due to United States policies that they're able to get these people to put themselves in, the, in, the hand, in their hands um, and pay them, again, billions of dollars a year to violate our immigration laws. So do the Border Patrol agents at this point feel like their hands are just tied? I mean, what, what do their jobs look like as this overwhelming flood of illegal immigrants are coming? There's no way to keep up. So what do their day-to-day -day jobs, how have they changed? So the, the day-to-day -day jo jobs, and it depends upon what area you go to. If you're in Tucson right, right now, um, people yeah. aren't crossing the border and giving up. What they're doing is they're crossing the border, and they're trying to evade apprehension. They're trying to run. In, in fact, we've had in the, in the first five months of this fiscal year, we've had 39,000 gotaways in the first five months. That's how many people have crossed the border that we were able to detect, but were able to evade apprehension. Then you add on top of those the people that were releasing under the catch and release program, and this becomes a huge problem. And again, I'm going to go right back to, to what I said earlier. This is going to be a referendum issue in 22. It's also going to be a referendum issue in 24. And if, if the administration doesn't do something and doesn't correct this problem, they're going to lose the House and they're going to lose the Senate and potentially the White House in 24. I said yesterday on this show that it's really about doing a math equation where I don't understand why, you know, illegals wouldn't come, especially at least the poor ones, from basically every country 
all over the world. Um, if they know they can get in through our southern border, if it's going to be wide open, there's going to be no testing for COVID. We know that basically no testing for any real diseases that we know come across the border. When I was there in particular, um, I remember that if you went to the hospital for anything, you were put in isolation because there were so many unknown diseases coming across our border. That was before COVID that this was happening. And, and so I can only imagine that that's gotten worse since I've left there. But here's the thing. So much of this is completely swept underneath the media rug and covered up and not spoken about. We really don't hear a lot about this. Unless you're watching this network and very few other outlets, you probably aren't even aware that these diseases, you know, are even coming across the border, that people aren't being tested, that it, it is happening to the degree that it is happening, uh, that there are terrorist training camps just the other side of the border, that the, the rapes of the women and the children uh, are a real and prominent thing uh, that happen all the time. You probably aren't aware of the drug cartels, the avocado cartels. I could go on all day the things we talk about every single day at Real America's Voice, but I'm not seeing this on other news outlets. So how do we get that message out there? I, I, I really don't know how to get the message out, minus um, actual news networks talking about what is newsworthy to the American public. You talked about uh, people from all over the world. I have personally arrested groups of illegal immigrants that cross the border illegally from Poland, from Bangladesh, from China. Um, and then, of course, you've got the, uh, the Central America um, the, the individuals from Central America, but everybody wants to make this just a Mexico or Central America problem, and that's just not the truth. People are coming from all over the world, and Border Patrol agents are encountering individuals from all over the world, so of course they're encountering, encountering the diseases that come um, from these other countries. But of course, right now you're seeing the mainstream media just not talk about the issue, um, because they just want to pretend like it's not happening. Because if they do talk about it, they know that policies are going to be implemented that goes against their personal ideology. It's terrifying. And a lot of times, if you just follow the money, it uh, gets right back to it. And destroying America from within seems to be the motive of the CCP. And I just have a feeling it goes right back there. Anyway, thank you so much, Brandon Judd, for everything that you're doing. Thank you for your twenty, almost 25 years of service, almost a quarter of a century uh, that's amazing, and we appreciate you being with us today and telling the truth. Good to talk to you. Have a good day. You too. Coming up, the COVID relief bill was a big payoff for some Democrats' best friends. Up next, we're going to tell you who got an $86 billion bailout that has nothing to do with COVID relief or the pandemic in the newly signed bill by Joe Biden. Don't miss it. Dr. Gina Primetime, still more coming at you. Stay, stick around. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. The COVID porculus bill was quite a payday for some allies of the Biden administration. The headline at Just the News says this. Dems bow to unions, provide $86 billion bailout for pensions in the COVID stimulus bill. So 
The unions got a big payoff, even though they've been running their pensions into the ground for quite some time now. But if you are a big Democrat donor, then you've been completely taken care of. This has been happening in D.C. for a long, long time, so we aren't very surprised. We're just enraged. And two people who are also enraged, San Diego radio talk show host Andrea Kay and Liberty University Business School Dean Dave Bratt. Dave, to you first, there is a lot of terrible spending in this bill that is about to be signed by, uh, actually has been signed already by Biden, but there is so much uh, like union pension bailouts that have literally done nothing, uh, have nothing to do with COVID and are just a payoff to Democrat allies. But Dave, I'm not sure most of the media out there is talking about this. They only talk about checks that people are getting, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. And uh, Senator Bernie Sanders said this is the most consequential spending bill ever uh, for the working man. And uh, he got it just wrong. It, it's 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 because of the socialist policies we have and the COVID uh, virus that was sent to us by the CCP that the American people are not working. And so the left, the Marxists are just kind of always a step behind. The Marxists uh, are supposed to be going off against the capitalists. And that would be big tech and the mainstream media and the, the owners of capital and the wealthy now are all on the left, like Zuckerberg, et cetera, who helped fund the election. And so, and you have Meghan Markle and these guys who are now the oppressed category. So the Marxists <laughs> are, are just losing a step. Uh, they're laughing though. The elites in our country are just laughing. The Marxists should be going after them. Instead, they're making hundreds of billions of dollars, right? Big tech is gigantic. Uh, and they're handing a thousand dollar check to the average American instead of a job. And that's the main takeaway. Uh, this is an assault mm. on the American worker because uh, instead of uh, reigniting the American economy, the machine that will enrich everybody, it's just a two trillion dollar power grab to put more power up in D.C. Yeah. Uh, and and to enable the super rich right in all the big cities uh, that should be funded by business and taxes. Uh, and so, yeah, right. it's it, it, it just romping on the American middle class as usual. But Andrea, over in California, Los Angeles Mayor Garcetti says he's ecstatic after he got a whopping $1.35 billion windfall from the COVID relief bill. So uh, that'll buy him a lot of votes, right? Well, yeah, of course he's ecstatic. He won the lottery and he didn't even have to buy a quick pick like I've got to do. Like many Americans are scrounging for the pennies under their car seat so they can try to buy a quick pick and hope that they can be rescued by the lottery system. This is supposed to be called the American Rescue Plan, right? You know, the Democrats are wonderful. They're fabulous with their word games, right? Like the afford It's always the opposite of what they say it's going to be, right? The Affordable Care Act was never affordable, right? In this case, the wording is actually kind of, in a sense, accurate because the Americans are rescuing here. It is an American Rescue uh, Relief Bill, but it's rescuing the Democrats. In fact, this is money laundering. Isn't it this just one big money laundering scheme? Let's shut down the state of California, then see how we can go to the rest of America to get some money put back into our political pockets. These union bailouts, I mean, what do unions do with their workers? They take money from them to give to the DNC and Democrat candidates. And now where's it? billions of dollars going? Right back into the Democrat pockets politically. And it's absolutely disgusting to see the glee of Garcetti because this is a man. We all saw the video of that woman with the restaurant, right, in LA, who spent $30,000 for outdoor dining only to find out that Garcetti had carved out for his Hollywood elite buddies, you know, that Meghan Markle crowd right across right. the street 
movie production set up a restaurant. If there's any Democrat voter out there still thinking that any of this is about a virus, wake up and wise up. Hasn't been about a virus for a long, long time. Uh, Dave, you know, you're dean, though, of a business school at a university. I'm wondering if, if the young people are catching on at all to the fact that they have been and we have been played and that they're going to be paying for all of this. This bill's going to them. Uh, we have about 30 seconds. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they have. They come through the K-12 education system, so they're not well-read. They don't know Karl Marx. They don't know what socialism is. Uh, they don't know the great American institutions that have set us up to be great and that are being dashed right now. And so, yeah, just a two two billion dollar uh, fest uh, to the Democrats, uh, and uh, they're they're enriching the state and the elites instead of the American people. Well, Dave, you got to tell them. You got to tell them. Get them to read all that stuff before you let them go out into the world, Dave. That's your religion at liberty. No worries. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Andrea Kay and Dave Bratt, great to see both of you. Thank you both for being with us today. Coming up, David Harris Jr. and I will debate whether or not we should make daylight saving time permanent. I have such strong opinions on this. It's finally time to stop changing our clocks twice a year. Well, that's what some say. What do you think? We're going to talk about it next. That heated debate coming up on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stick around. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This weekend, it's time to turn your clocks forward, but some U.S. senators have introduced a bill to stop the old-fashioned practice of turning the clocks forward and back. Some parents say they want to keep turning the clocks forward because they don't like taking their kids to the bus stop in the dark, and other parents say they don't like coming home from work in the dark. I can relate to some of this. Here with me now to discuss, David Harris, Jr. David, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you, Dr. Gene. Always a pleasure to be on with you. I love having you. All right, David, I am a person who is very, very passionate about this. I do not like darkness. I like daylight. I want to keep it light all the time, best I can. And I really, really don't like coming home from work and it being dark outside. I need more daylight. But where do you fall on this issue? I agree. I like the sunlight. I love it when it's nice and sunny and shiny out, or the sun shining outside. Uh, I don't like the humidity here in Texas. I'm a California kid, but I had to get out of there because of their politics. Uh, but I think it's interesting that these uh, senators, mostly Republican senators, are bringing this. Uh, I think they're just, uh, it is bipartisan. I think they're just trying to get something bipartisan passed. They're just like, can we get anything, uh, <laughs> anything bipartisan passed? Can we get these Democrats to agree on anything? Maybe they'll agree on uh, daylight savings time on this issue. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it'd be great if there's more sunshine for sure. But uh, I think it's interesting that this is what they're pushing right now. I think they're just they're just trying to get anything uh, from the Democrats to to go along with them because they're. I think we're gonna have a tough time <laughs> with pretty much. Maybe a little else. vitamin D would help all of us right now. Uh, you're supposed to raise serotonin and all those good things, so maybe. It Maybe it isn't such a bad idea. Maybe we could get some bipartisan participation on this. All right, David, it is time now for our meme of the day. 
All right, this meme is a liberal's guide to labeling, which every liberal needs to keep handy. Elizabeth Warren is Native American. Kamala Harris is African American. Michelle Obama is oppressed. Joe Biden is competent. George Floyd is a hero. Bill Gates is a scientist. Greta Thunberg is an expert. Burning buildings is mostly peaceful. Caitlyn Jenner is a female, and I think we should definitely add to that, don't you, that uh, the former princess or whatever she was, I guess she is an African-American, right? Because at least that's what she claims, although I don't know anything about the royal family because I don't follow it. You know, what's interesting and sad is that that meme is 100% accurate. I mean, these are the people <laughs> that the liberals have literally declared our scientists, our activists, our black, our African. It's like they have so many titles. You know, I, I wish I could just actually uh, identify as a liberal just for a little bit when I get on an airplane so I can identify as a two-year-old and not be forced to wear a mask or get banned like I did on American Airlines. But uh, it's pretty much whatever whatever they want goes. There, there's no There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's really anti anything that's common sense, yet that, that is a pretty funny meme because it's, it sums up the liberal and the progressive movement. Uh, they really don't know their head from, I think, a hole in the ground. But that's putting it. Well, I guess you and I, you and I share nice. that. Uh, <laughs> we share that medal of honor being uh, banned from uh, an American air, I guess, at this point, Dave, uh, David. But, uh, you know, we should also maybe add to that poster that you are a traitor or an Uncle Sam, because I've seen you call all of those things. And that's definitely in that liberal primer also. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Coon, Uncle Tom, Porch Monkey, whatever I can say on the air. I don't know if I can't say too much else than that. Snoop Dogg calling me out. You know what? When you don't fit their narrative, but you're the right color, you're the wrong color because you don't fit their narrative. But I'm just going to keep on pushing, promoting my book. Get it at DavidHarrisJr.com. Why, why I can't stay silent. Nobody should stay silent in this current political climate because uh, our America, the, the America we know and love is so beautiful. It's on the line, friends. You better wake up. DavidHarrisJr.com. That's it. Thank you so much for being with us, my friend. Come back soon. And now it is time for Doctor's Orders. It's interesting to me that as Americans, we're sitting idly by, having absolutely no clue who's actually running our government. Have you thought about this? It's obvious that Joe Biden is seriously diminished in his mental capacity. Even since being elected, the Democrats are dead silent on this. They're not even defending him. No one's saying, oh, yes, Joe Biden is perfectly competent. Evidence this, because there is no evidence. He doesn't know what bill he's signing. He doesn't know where he is on any given day. He can't even read the cue cards when it's spoon-fed to him. He can't answer questions from the press. He can't hold a press conference. And when everything is written out for a teleprompter, he can't do what most third graders in America can do, and that's read it. <laughs> it's completely unfair to Americans, and it's no laughing matter that we have no idea who is actually pulling the strings of this puppet president and running our country. Americans deserve to know. I don't understand why there is not an outrage, not a demand to know exactly who is pulling the strings of Joe Biden and running our government. Why aren't you demanding it? Why aren't we collectively demanding it? Why isn't it in every headline and on every social media everywhere? Is it because we've learned 
to just comply as the government has forced us to separate from our families, shut down our businesses, stay away from our churches, wear bizarre things on our face that aren't even necessarily scientifically proven, and do basically whatever our government has told us to do for the last entire year till we've become so compliant that whatever our government decides to do, whenever they don't want to answer our questions, we just simply comply. Is it Kamala Harris running our government? And that's what I originally thought until yesterday when I said that, and I mentioned something that by the end of Kamala's administration, guessing that by the end of four years, she'd be in charge, and we'd have most of Mexico and the impoverished parts of the rest of the world living in the United States and depending upon us. And then someone responded to me, I believe it was on Twitter, that Kamala wasn't actually running things now. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know, that's probably true. So then who is? Is it Obama? Is it deep state operatives who always run things for the last several decades? Or is it the CCP? And that may sound far-fetched, and I'd like to believe it is. And you may want to call me a conspiracy theorist, but I find it interesting that a pre-qualifier for most appointments in the Biden administration seems to be that you have some sort of tight affiliation with the CCP. Why is that? And how crazy is an idea like that when Joe Biden and his family have taken millions from the CCP? Are we really going to sit idly by and allow our government to continue to be infiltrated by China and not say a word? What are we doing, America? I pointed yesterday to the way that the CCP manipulated millions of dollars by the way, first sending us a virus, remember that, and then forcing our hand that all PPE, all protective equipment must come from China and be mandated in the U.S. and worldwide. And we wondered why there was suddenly this reversal. Remember this? From the CDC and the Surgeon General and the medical community like Fauci and others, on masks at first they said, oh, you don't need them, don't use them. No, that's just for surgery when you're breathing directly into open wounds. And then they suddenly reversed course. And now you have to wear a mask. You must wear a mask everywhere you go, every restaurant, every airline, every everything. And it has to fit you like this and it has to be like this. And why? Why the sudden reversal? Well, did you know that right at that same time, China became the sole supplier of masks. Natalie Winters of the National Pulse on my show yesterday pointed out that China bought up all the PPE from the U.S. and then proceeded to jack up the prices and sell it back to the United States so that China was the only supplier of those items. And then they made it somehow so that all protective equipment was mandated and we have to have it in every store and everywhere that you go in America. And we still do it in most places. We've become so darn compliant that we even wear masks when they're not required. Here in Florida, I see people in masks all the time and they're not required. I see people driving their cars. I see people in their boats out in the open air alone with a mask on. This is lunacy. This is America though. When I see this sort of lunacy, it doesn't make me wonder why we are willing to accept that we don't even know who is presiding over our republic at this moment. We have become so compliant that we are complicit, you and I are complicit in the destruction of our own country and the demise of our own families if we don't start standing. As Americans, we need to rise up and demand to know who is pulling the strings of the puppet Biden. And as Americans, we need to rise up and demand that sweeping, unprecedented, untested, comprehensive legislation without consent of the governed, like HR1, and like the big, huge, fake COVID relief package that Biden signed today is anything the COVID relief, that these things not be tolerated when they haven't even been confirmed by 50% of the population's representatives. When your votes don't count, 
when your representatives don't have a voice, when your capital is walled off from your ability to even go there and tell your elected representatives what you think, do you not recognize that it's time to do something? So what will we do, America? Think about it. Let me know. I posted this question on all my social media tonight. At Real Dr. Gina is my social media handle. It's on there. Twitter, Facebook, Clout Hub, everywhere. I want to hear from you. At Real Dr. Gina. We need answers. We have to do something. We must do something. We must demand answers and we must do it now. Who is actually presiding over our republic? You tell me what we're going to do about it. That's your doctor's orders for tonight. Thanks for joining me tonight, and thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News, Real America's Voice, RAV-TV. Our next show, live from Studio 6B, is up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God, you go boldly now, and you live the truth. Good night. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.